You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafidi and Eurosimos. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Here for the Truth podcast. I'm Joel Rafidi, got my co-host Eurosimos in the house as always. I say the same thing every single intro, but it's like, I know I keep saying exactly the same thing word for word, but I keep saying it anyway. So we're sticking, we're sticking with this intro. Oh, wait, is this the intro? This is the intro. But are we continuing with it right now or are you going to go yeah, back? No, we, we, yeah, we are continuing with it right now. We are going to use this one oh. as a take that's going to go into the episode. Oh, got uh, it. It's just like I, like I hear myself saying literally exactly the same words. Got my I mean, you're providing, in, you're providing information. Way. You're providing information like your name and who I am and let's move on. Yeah. You know? If anyone has any <laughs> feedback on whether you like that consistency or not, let us know. <laughs> Send us a submission via the website. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. guys, we've got John Paul Rice in the house today. He first joined us on episode 50. This is now episode 124. Um, he was a producer inside Hollywood, produced a number of important films, and I think worked um, on a number of bigger films as well, including Remember the Titans um, and, and movies like that. It's very, very, very interesting guy, very unique mind. Um, and there's just this depth of innocence and sincerity from John, which I really appreciate every single time we talk. Um, in this episode, we're discussing, I guess, the broad the, the broader range view of what is really taking place in terms of narcissism and codependency on a mass scale, and how you know our deeper inner childhood abandonment wounds are pretty much being weaponized against us so this psychopathy can continue. And at the end of the day, how do we do to resolve that? What are the solutions? One that we propose is really reconnecting with one's inner child. Anyway, fascinating listen. Hope you guys really enjoy it. Um, right before we dive in, just want to remind you all that round six to our eight-week group coaching program for truth seekers, Rise Above the Herd, is now open. Um, had an incredible run last round with the introduction of Dr. Sophie Fletcher to the coaching team for the first time. Um, bringing in the nervous system regulation piece into the program was incredibly balancing. It's just something that gets more holistic every single time we run it. But ultimately, this is for you. If I guess you're looking to develop a life of more purpose, fulfillment, potential, self-esteem, and walk an authentic path where you know we're, we're learning to cut the ties of dependence um from from the system and to know ourselves on a deeper level and feel more regulated and give our gift in this life the ultimate truth ultimately is, is is who are you and that's what we're interested in um so you can apply at riseaboveheherd.co that's limited to 15 spots only without any further ado guys thanks for listening thanks for thanks for the support um keep dropping those reviews on spotify and apple or apple podcasts or wherever else you listen we really appreciate seeing those come through all right, everybody, welcome back to the Here for the Truth podcast. We have the return today of John Paul Rice. He last joined us way back in episode 50. We had an incredible conversation um, discussing the shadow and light dynamics of Hollywood. John, welcome back. For those who don't know you and aren't familiar with you, you're an incredibly interesting individual, um, someone who we always love talking to you. But how would you introduce yourself these days to someone who's brand new? So you and what you share. Yeah. First of all, thank you both for having me back on. It's it's a pleasure. It's I think it's been like a year, year and a half since we. Oh yeah. 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 Um, 
So, yeah, I, I think for the people that would know me uh, today, if they're listening to this or watching this, uh, they may have seen a video in August of 2020 or any time thereafter. Uh, it was an Instagram, about 38 minutes long, went super viral all over the world, uh, was translated in multiple languages on TikTok. And this is just based on their search feature. I don't really know um, for certain, but it's it's a video in clips that's been seen over 3 billion times. Um, and usually it starts with John Paul Rice, producer of The Hunger Games. That's not accurate. Never said that. <laughs> uh, worked for those people, but um, or one of the people that did it. And I learned a lot, but I ended up making seven independent films in about 13 years. Uh, these were all issues that I cared deeply about. It was, uh, a, uh, I would say it was a labor of love for me. And I, I found meaning in it like art gives you feedback, teaches you something. You go out and create something and then behold, it speaks to you, right? It speaks to the inner core of you. And um, my work was not mission-oriented. It never was intended to be. It's just that I really felt deeply about certain things that came my way that were not being shown or discussed. And it wasn't, it was all like prostitution was always defined within these frames, right? Uh, you have your your woman empowerment story, which nothing wrong with any of that. Or, you know, your rags to riches, you know, pretty woman type. And they're beautiful films. I mean, they are. It's a beautiful film. But the people I encountered when I was living there, I was there for 19 years. Um, I came to understand that I saw my own childhoods there. My own childhood was in everybody that I met out there understanding that's what I was, was drawn to me and what I was un unconsciously drawing to myself. Um, and today what I would describe myself as is coming out of that. I'm, I, I'm no longer producing movies, at least right now. Uh, I've shifted my energy and attention over to things that are solutions, such as a new financial system backed by gold and silver with zero interest and uh, is going to be online this year. It's actually Ronald Bernard, uh, the mm. former international banker and yeah. a handful of international bankers have created the United People Foundation and the B of Joy banking system. And it's a parallel currency. It's not a crypto, which means that you can put your fiat currency on there one-to-one -one in euros, and it will retain its value when you take it out into fiat again. So the cool part about this is that they are getting shareholders now at 105 euros each. If you become a shareholder of the bank, you also have a vote as to what monies from the other shareholders in their shares appropriated to sustainable businesses and being good stewards of the earth. So it's not just about charity. It's about community reinvestment and clean, pure drinking and irrigation water free, clean electricity, um, actual equal unemployment for all people. It's not to paint a utopian society, but it's actually being able to meet people where they're at and their skills and their trades and with care rather than it being about a job and going and working for the system. 
So it's, it's going to bring a lot of opportunity to people to meet people on an international marketplace of ideas that you can fund all over the world and be able to take your currency in America and give it to somebody over in Spain to do organic farming for the first time and creating a blueprint where you can actually go and replicate that system over and over again across different parts of the world. That's going to happen this September. Um, it's already taking members now. I also got into VR with the understanding that technology is not, we can get into this later, but mm -hmm. technology is not humanity's evolution. It's a bridge to bring humanity closer to itself. Now, the way that it'll be played is by integrating it into your body for their invasion to produce miracles and wealth for you. What I'm talking about is the technology that can meet people where they're at and be a bridge to bring them over in trauma, in medical healing, in fields where therapy and art are incorporated with frequencies and sounds. As you all know, you've been mm -hmm. discovering this. There is a healing, there are healing frequencies. They're universally and divinely tuned. And when incorporated into music with synthesized psychedelic sounds and artwork, I'm working with a company that is doing sound healing therapies in the music and art that are taking NFT sales from their artwork and they're starting a cooperative that reinvests portions of those profits back into new and emerging artists in that space so that they can be scientifically trained and artistically trained and allow them to go and explore that. And we distribute all of that music for free and that artwork for free and those videos for free because the NFTs with these, um, I guess you call it like investors, if you will, but they're mission-oriented investors. They understand the value of what this is and they are getting things for it for sure. But the, it's to create the foundation for a legacy to be left so that other people can pick it up and take with it and create something new from it themselves, their own original creation rather than an imitation. So those are the things that I'm doing now. And I'm meeting all of these people in these spaces. and. Uh, there's other things in there too about psychology and history and um, we can get into all this and more, but that that's kind of where I'm at right now is to find solutions that um, I can raise funds for and uh, connect people so that we could build networks that extend long beyond their reach, but outside of the system. So rather than being, quote, off-grid, it's about being sustainable. It's about being a good steward of the earth. It's about bringing peace to you. And all that you draw in is a reality that doesn't require beliefs or debates or ideologies or um, arguments. When you go, look at what I'm doing over here. Look at what I'm creating over here. Other possibilities, other potentials that exist outside of the framing of the world and the debate. And you do have to be smart, but you don't have to be this brilliant entrepreneur that everybody is looking for in a billionaire out there. This is about you being a creator, you being an artist, 
and seeing yourself that way and feeling that you have a voice in the way of your own life, not in the way that everybody else is going to agree with you. But like I said, is if you just hold that space and you show what's possible, you hold up the gold standard for childcare. You hold up the gold standard for education in the 21st century. You show people that this and more is possible, that we can retain the value of a child's creative genius all the way through adulthood without indoctrinating it on a hypersexualized and materialist and ultimately violent culture. And you say, these children are thriving here because they're in touch with nature. They're in touch with animals. They're in touch with the spiritual aspects of their reality. And we are nurturing that not as a cult, but as like a foundation, natural law. All children deserve these things. We also should look at the Declaration of Peace on the UPF's website. Go read it. You don't have to sign it, but go read it. Your signature to that Declaration of Peace is a very big deal spiritually and energetically because it changes time. It changes your beliefs. It changes, it shows you that another world is possible if the words are lived. Otherwise, they're just words on a page or a screen. But if they're lived, then it becomes reality for you and all the people that you care for. Anyway, that's my opening statement of the uh, beginning of this year's presidential debates. And um, <laughs> you've, you've, been, you've been busy since we spoke last. And I'm, I just had a, a memory bit. of of uh, our first conversation where you had an epic opening as well. Like you just killed it. We asked you a question or something or your, your major rites of passage. And it was just like, it was incredible. That was, that so. was, that was the, that was the first hour of the podcast. I've since backed it down just a little bit, fellas. I, I, I try to condense it down to 10, 15 minute segments, you know? Yeah. Cool, man. I, so I totally agree. Like, like to move forward, like we don't need the collective or the crowd or society to all come to some kind of agreement about values mm. or about ideologies or about philosophies. Like our message this entire time has been, it comes down to what is the individual cultivating within their own personal lives, you know? And it's like, for example, for me to, for, for me to live as an individualist or to live under, you know, a laissez-faire capitalist value for value kind of ideology i don't need the world to agree with me it's 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 what i do in my own life in my own relationships in my own agreements you know it's it's through cultivating a lived experience of freedom and this whole notion that you know the whole collective needs to shift its framework around everything before we can have some kind of you know fulfilling meaningful fair lives is holding everyone back in my opinion yes. and you know for us in our conversations in our work in our programs and our memberships just about bringing those bringing those values into your every single day experience um and into into your networks it's, you know and it's it's happening it's happening all around us man this decentralization and it's just fascinating to watch man it's a crazy time crazy time to be alive as you know yeah it's uh no you hit the head on the nail um to me, what you're what you're really saying is that um, if you rely on outside forces to dictate your reality, then you will be a follower or a slave, or both. Um, because what you're looking for is an answer and a strawman, if you will, to 
ask permission to exist mm-hmm. or wait on as a savior yep. to free you and your mind from the prison that has been both constructed for you, but you've attached yourself to as well. And that's not about, because when you get in, I guess I want to say this in a direct way. When you get into debates about who's awake and who isn't, mm-hmm. all that is, is it's a, it's a, it's a minefield of BS and narcissism. It's called a, it's called a circle jerk, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But well, even, even but even saying like awake, like okay, you're now awake. Like to what degree? Like even using that term, it's just it's such a it's a binary um, that just doesn't make sense. Awake opinion. is a continuum, you know. It's like yeah. it's yes, destination. Yeah, your infinite consciousness. So therefore, whatever you can imagine and everything that you can imagine is there, yeah. and it's it's waiting for you to discover. Uh, for people, I, see, I don't. I got into this thing where I started to see how everybody was trying to define things. And this is the danger of this time for multitudes of reasons. And I don't just try to point out dangers as though this is absolute and they're universally true. You're going to have to understand that there are going to be people who are taking their own childhoods and their own understandings into an escape from this world that is false. With all of their contradictions, with all of their paradoxes that have been lived throughout most of their lives, the world as it once was is no more in terms of its belief that it was any different than this. It's just this time, however it has happened, has allowed people to see something that was always there, but never noticed before. Mm-hmm how that impacts everyone on multitudes of generations from people who grew up with the space program and the cold war and Kennedy and all of that to now is vastly different than somebody was born between nine 11 and now mm-hmm. and anyone who will come after in terms of their relation, they're relating to that time. Everyone. And this is the, I don't want to get into all this, but this is one of the fallacies of Marxism is that it judges all absolute value absolutely in the moment of now as in as though it was 200 years ago. So it's looking for the worst in people mm-hmm. and it's bringing about the worst in people. And we can talk about cults all day. That's an obvious one. But the truth is, is that what you all said earlier a little bit about awake and who's awake everyone can start to decentralize in that system because everyone is distinguishing themselves from the other this is where we get into trouble because we think that we're righteous and we're not programmed but we're finding Mm -hmm. enemies everywhere to reinforce my awareness and my awakened state in relation to those people and then you get Basically, you go 360 and you see that everyone is playing that game. It's like, here's here's where we were and here's where we are now. And everyone on this side that was connected over here in the center is going, uh-uh, I'm different from you. I'm vastly different from you. All of this friction is what's the beliefs. The beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fueled, fueled by beliefs. Sorry, I want to say this one last thing mm-hmm. about this. 
the beliefs. What is scary about that is that it's all based on how someone feels what is real and what isn't. And that's always been the case before, too. It's just that these narcissistic behaviors in people have been awakened on mass and not just among certain woke groups or leftist groups. I'm seeing the authoritarian right coming in and it's fucking frightening. Yeah. Yep. Everyone's going for bad behaviors have to be controlled with more invasive procedures, laws, and chips to control the population as an overcorrection. There's AI being deployed right now, if it's true, based on an article that I read, and you can look it up, but in one of the Dallas schools, Dallas school district is deploying AI to control children's behaviors. That is as a starting point. So... I don't mean to paint like a dystopian future, but what you guys are talking about and what we're trying to say is you have to start somewhere local because this encroachment on everyone is coming because unconscious people are giving unconscious elected leaders authority to make decisions about what's best for the population without considering the harm that it can do in the long term. The barn door is open. It's, it's been opened. Pandora's box has been opened. You cannot, the toothpaste is out of the tube. You can't put it back in. Now you got to figure out how to deal with it. And I'm going to tell you all of the arguments that are going to be presented and the ways in which to deal with all of this is all going to be done through man's law. And it's going to be corrupted and going to be used to divide people further than they already are today. And that even includes that there's disclosure of crimes of people. Everybody's going to see it from their own point of view anyway. Look, we have disclosure. This is this is yeah. the thing. Like there's yeah. mass disclosure taking place all the time. Things which you mm-hmm. think would blow people's mind. You know, when we talk about, you know, for example, acknowledgements of the, you know, corroboration between the CIA, CIA and Kennedy death, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. You know, the Twitter files. No one gives a shit. Yeah. Well, what does it do for your life? Yeah. yeah. What does it do to enhance your life? What does it do to Outside of tribalism and uh, authoritarianism to go up against, you know, the institution or the idiot person over here that you've assigned as the person that's enabling all the horror in the world and the hell in the world. It's like, no, they're just as ignorant as you are. And, and the truth is, is like, is that mean that you're powerless now? Because, oh, my God, now I have proof that Kennedy was killed by the CIA and my life, my life value and the value of that information to me some i'm just saying you you get what i mean this is all past this is all taking place already yeah it's already happened nor does it mean that one's vindicated like how does that serve you either oh you know yeah Yeah. okay now we got to go after the bastards to really get behind now that we know that they did it we gotta we've got to punish them you know we're gonna get to the bottom of this yeah, you okay. said earlier, too, we have to get back more local. You know, and what's more local than your body, your nervous system, your psyche, you know, discovering who you are, who you were born to be, what's your gift, what you can give into the world. Mm-hmm. You know, again, there's so much focus on the external. Even when we when we talk about that continuum of awake and not awake, like it's like in reference to the external world, mm-hmm. not even to within yourself in terms of who you are as a human being, yeah, you know, and, and, and why you are the way you are. 
and mm-hmm. how to decipher that and and dive into that and go like, man, like where do these wounds come from? How can I how can I heal them? How can I use them as my gifts in this world? Like it's so externally focused in this world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's uh, who am I? Why am I here? That was Admiral Stockdale's opening line in the 1992 uh, vice presidential debate between um, Gore and Quayle. I think mm-hmm. it was, or yeah. It was and um, and it was great. And he said, I, I'm, I'm not a Washington insider. I don't speak that way. I worked there for a year in, in his entire career. He worked there for one year and says, nope, not going to do it. I'm going to be on, honest and authentic. It's about living your authentic life. It's 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 being able to say I love you and it being real. Um, we all want that. The problem is that we disempower ourselves always when, and we always have. I mean, see, this isn't any different than any other time. It's just that there's more attention paid to it. But this is all what happened in nine eleven, just slower. Mm-hmm. It, it's the same thing that happened 100 years ago with World War I, Spanish flu, Great Depression, World War II. Longer period of time. Communication took longer to get. The leaflets and the propaganda went country to country. It took time to disseminate all of that versus social media that just feeds it to you like that. So what we're talking about now is a, is a time speeding up and confetti. <laughs> Those leaflets are all been confetti all over the world and you're seeing these global upheavals because authorities are basically what it is power is proving that we still want authority even though it fails us we want let, let me give it to you like a here's here in the way. United States. here's way huh here's way we yeah not us not <laughs> us everybody but us three okay yeah. <laughs> everybody but us three even the people <laughs> listening not them <laughs> No, but on the mass whole, uh, because of the goodness and compassion of most people, they cannot see the cognitive dissonance being, okay, on the one hand, there's Jeffrey Epstein over here from 2019. And in 2020, Bill Gates is over here messaging COVID. And in 2019, there was a disclosure about Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein's long relationship. And here we are, what, four years later, three years later, talking about the same thing. Yet this man is able to go around and message to the world about vaccines and not be challenged by it, right? So we're we're talking about gaslighting on a level that most people have never seen before. Can't even fathom it. Can't you even can't. Fathom. You can't because everybody who says, "Well, I'm not programmed. I'm not programmed," but is watching, watching, watching. Yes, you are. You are 100% programming yourself by watching, 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 watching. Go outside, look in the sky. So whenever they tell you that there's this huge thing that you got to go pay attention to, walk outside immediately, look outside the door and go, yep, it's all still there. Okay, got it. Thank you. Goodbye. That's about as much value as it really matters. All they're wanting you to know is what they want to program you with so that you have an idea and an opinion that can be for and against to create the duality, to cause the friction, to make everybody hate each other. And the truth is that all the allies in your peace and truth movements right now, they're going out and protesting. You all will go back to your lives after all of this is over and to go, we won the day and we're done. That's what that's all about. 
So what I mean is here in the United States, I just saw it. It's like, it's the same thing. It's 9-11, it's COVID, it's, it's, it, it's down. They do it all the time. Colin Kaepernick, right? Mm. Colin Kaepernick, we, we don't need to relitigate Colin Kaepernick and what his motivation, I don't give a shit what his motivations are. So here's what they do. The power does. The NFL and the people behind them do. I'm going to bring a divisive issue the latest iteration, because the NFL has been doing divisive stuff for way long before Colin Kaepernick. He was just the latest iteration of it. He comes in, going to take a knee. Oh, okay. Got to divide the country to bring attention to this issue about police reform, for which at the very beginning, guess what? Made a very valid point about one thing about training. He said, cosmologist has to go to school for three years, $60,000 in tuition fees in order to get a license to cut hair. Whereas a cop can walk in, go into training in less than six months, be brandishing a gun on the street. Yes, that's called, that is part of this narcissistic child abuse system that we live in, which doesn't make sense. So like, and same thing with SB 145 in California that basically normalized, basically took the declaration of a sex offender out of the language for a gay person who has a... Uh, homosexual, or uh, I don't even give a shit about the terms. What we're talking about is that they normalize it, say, yeah, if they got involved with a, up to, I think, an 11 or a 14, let's just say 14-year-old, 14-year-old boy and a 14-year-old man, or uh, a 40-year-old man, a teacher, 24, sorry, a 10-year gap, 14 to 24. That, that it was up to the judge. They kind of punted it to the judge to determine whether it was a sex offender or not, even if it was a teacher-student. Really, And the reason they cited that was because it was, a, it was a straight law, too. So we had to take one crappy law and copy it for another group of people, rather than what one progressive actually said was, hey, uh, if this was a crappy law over here, you don't need that right then. We need to get rid of that law. We need to reform that law for everyone, not make it equal that two crappy laws now exist for people that could potentially be pedophiles. And we're not going to call them a sex offender. Right? Okay. Colin Kaepernick takes a knee, divides a country, brings real grievances to the surface. Of course, plugs into the political agenda, so we can't even get into that. But people stop going to the games, protesting, right? Remember, Mm-hmm. Stadiums weren't full anymore. People stopped watching. Then they take all that crap away. Then they COVID comes, takes your games away. They got everybody to take the shot, come back. Stadiums are full now. Wasn't the issue. Colin Kaepernick, you didn't, you didn't have a problem with what the NFL was doing. You just had a problem with him. We got rid of the problem. You came back. COVID, we take everything away from you offer it back if you take this shows wow they still want hollywood oh my god hollywood's so woke oh my god all this political messaging and everything else is to go yeah so what you're saying is you want them to do your kind of entertainment and you'll compartmentalize all that over there as long as they get rid of all the woke stuff and give you ai generated entertainment that doesn't make it that you have to you see what I mean? They can yeah. make anything for you all. This is the, this is my point. It's like, I'm not talking about, oh my God, John, you're crazy. It's like, no, 
Think about everything that they're offering you through the institutions is what the kings and queens of their day did. They brought the musicians to themselves. They brought the best doctors to themselves. They had everything under one roof. And then one day they go, holy cow, we can build out an entire civilization by selling them all of the things that we enjoy, but we'll call it industries and we'll charge them for it. Gladiators, all of you see what I mean? It's just change. It's just the same thing. It's just a, just a different time. Football and baseball. Again, you know, you go, yeah, Freemason, this, that. I don't care about any of that. My point is that it doesn't mean anything <laughs> other than what you put into it. Your childhood memories, Santa Claus. It's Santa Claus for adults. It's got all the nostalgia, all the sentimentality. I'm not saying that it's bad in and of itself. This is the thing. It's like, no, get rid of the toxic guilt and shame. It has nothing to do with, oh, I should have never. What are you saying? I should have never been a fan? No. It's just to come to realize that, take the blinders off, and you realize that all of this is a show that is cycled throughout the year. So baseball season goes right into basketball season, basketball and hockey. And then it just you, you get keeps you watching all year. Or waiting for it to come. And we ritualize it. We institutionalize it. It's all with traditions. Look look at what we're putting our traditions into versus what's really happening out here. Is the world full of trending issues or traditions that are eternal? So it's like letting all of that go and realizing that it meant something to you because you put the meaning into that. The character of that Ty Cobb was a racist SOB, right? There's all these baseball players that were crazy as hell that are our superheroes and our stars. And now because we're dealing with narcissism and uh, the dissolving and the disillusionment and the dissolving of the belief structures, all of our heroes are dying. Whether it be Tina Turner or somebody else. Star Wars is dead, right? Star Wars is dead because they despiritualized the whole thing and made it completely about um, Rey, who doesn't have to do a damn thing. She just has all these amazing powers. I'm not against Rey, and I'm not against that movie. I'm just saying, like, they've taken all of your heroes away, (laughs) and they've replaced them with these people that don't really have any morals and they've sold you celebrity culture, which see people can say, well, I reject that, but no, we've had Jerry Springer to Kim Kardashian and everything in between guys for, and we've given our children tablets for 20 years, laptops, tablets, phones, doom scrolling is not a new thing. It's the thing that we've been programmed to do to look outside of ourselves to judge the world as they bring it to us. These are psychopaths. They cannot change who they are. They cannot change. They cannot change who they are because it feels as real to them as your reality feels to you. And that is where they hit you all the time. They hit you at where you care because they don't. That's what they've taken from you. And to gain that back is to not fight them or burn it down to the ground. Because let me tell you something, when this whole thing goes off in the next couple of years, between now and whenever, 
nothing is going to make sense to the people that are watching that show. And everybody's going to get a show. Believe me. We're talking about the raising up of narcissistic behaviors, which are rooted in child abuse, neglect. And we're not just talking about the extremes. Can you extrapolate on that? The how and why? So let's just talk about the last three, four years with COVID. COVID in and of itself made everybody in the world that could be reached afraid of suffering and dying from something they could not see. That made people distrust. So the the when we're talking about narcissistic behaviors, people seem to think this is just the 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 screamers, the yellers, the you know the ov- the obvious ones. No, everyone has everyone has narcissistic behaviors, which are not thoughts. They are we could call them triggers, but I could get into the definition. I mean, I could get into the specifics of this if you really, really want to dive into it because I've, I've explored it such to a level that I, I, I'm working with psychologists and I'm not saying that I'm informing them, but I'm giving them a lot of things that they hadn't considered before because they're academic minds. It's not their fault. Their academic minds have not allowed them to express their own authenticity in relation to other people's insanity. Um, that's been by design for the last hundred years, that entire industry. That's why Christians don't trust it because it's a one-sided conversation with a narcissist potentially who's going to advise you on how to fix yourself without admitting their own shortcomings in their life. Cause then what credibility would a PhD have if you were the same as your patient? Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, yeah, Valid. that's not this. Therefore that I'm just saying reputations, the institution, the belief in it, the, you know, you can't, you can't just judge it from leftism or this. It's, it's a combination of a lot of things. And I have actually have a lot of high hopes for this um, in the future. But narcissism is the, at the most fundamental core is the child defending itself for its survival. Right. And in moments where there is scarcity, all right, or something uncertain comes in, COVID, uncertain, futures uncertain, day-to-day. You got to remember, three years ago, it was day-to-day, right? We have awakened everyone's inner child in this time through Trump nationalism versus communism. You you could go down the list of all the isms and things that have been summoned and weighed. Jeffrey Epstein's disclosure, sexual abuse, me too, sexual abuse, right? The thing that's missing from all of this is the children, which is now being defined over with transgenderism and adult men seeking an audience of children for which adult women, although that will eventually come, but adult women who have transitioned don't go and seek an audience of children to perform for it's men doing this. And that we're going to talk about this, but I just want to put this one point out here for everybody to understand this Um, transgenderism and this messaging to children, the normalization of the sexualization of children started with pornography and and playboy playmates. And even before that, who would do interviews about their sexual expression, you know, posing naked in magazines that obviously strangers and and other men seek out. 
And the parents are just so happy for that daughter. So happy for them. You know, that she's she's a good little girl and she grew up wanting to pose naked on spreads for, you know, women, uh, men that come up to her at conventions and potentially she has to get a restraining order against. That's somehow a, a great accomplishment. We've been here before is what I'm trying to say. And what I mean by this is that the most dangerous people in this time are the malignant narcissists who hide their sins in their kids. The ones that insist that their children are transgender or are gay against the child's own will, which I've seen that on tape. That is a parent who has really deep issues, needs to seek help, but they're not because they're being virtuized. Um, Everyone is, is feeling not safe in their body in this world. Everyone in this world who listens to this world is made to not feel safe. Okay, Ignorance plays a major role in this. And this is where the psychopath comes in and says, you know what? Because you're not smart enough, I have a right to do this to you. And I have a right to lie to you because... Well, you're still here. You're still staying around. And I mean, what what do you want from me? I've told you who I am and what I'm doing here. It, you're not you're, you're not here to take anything from me. So at least you don't lie. You don't steal. You don't. But with the ignorance, the ignorance of our health, the ignorance of our financial system, the ignorance of our governments, the ignorance of our media. You see, all of the ignorances that we have had about all the things that we believed in because of the meaning that we put into them, all those beliefs are dying. And what that's, what's that's doing to people is it's killing them slowly because there's emotional, psychological, psychic content plugged into all of that. How I feel about Trump, how I feel about Biden, you know, those names and those people alone when they're put in front of me, right? That's killing you. That's denying you the emotional reality of joy in the present moment for which you experienced all the time as a child until you didn't. And so here's what I'm going to get at this. <clears throat> right now, nobody sees an end to any, anything, right? Outside of, oh, maybe it'll be this or what, you know, whatever. There, I, I've heard every argument that I could imagine for the last two years. I mean, I've popped in and said, guys, we're winning. You know, it's turning. The tides are turning. It's like, yeah. If this is what winning looks like, I don't want anything to do with it. It's bullshit. And people at the end, maybe maybe the military steps in, takes over, you know, World War III is averted and all this and all the bastards hang. But people cheering victory? What about all the people who died and whose lives were destroyed? Who's going to care for them? Is the government going to care for them by putting them on universal basic income now because they have nothing left? And they need AI and further biologic. I mean, I'm just saying, like, what does victory look like? So they prey upon your ignorance, your fear, in this case, suffering, death, and scarcity. And scarcity is always something that's there. So scarcity is not just shortage of toilet paper or uh, less masks. Not enough masks, not enough hospital beds, right? Not enough, uh, not enough gasoline, not enough whatever, right? Too much, not enough money, 
not enough credit. It's always there, always playing on scarcity, but they just tip the scales a little bit harder this time, right? Make it a little bit harder for you to live without having to keep up with the inflation or or whatever. You, you, you don't understand, like if you're dependent on the supply chain, you're pretty much dying on that supply chain right now. What you're talking about is mass codependency. Yeah. And that's the only reason that psychopaths 100%. and narcissists can exist in the first place. They can't exist without the codependent victim. Correct. It's a, they need a host. They need the authentic host to feed off of. Um, this is their whole play throughout all of history. And it's not going to change even with the new neoliberal world order being defeated, is what I'm saying. It will live on because people have been made to pay attention to authority. And what I mean by this actually get into AI a little bit, but I do want to say this one thing about narcissism. The moment of withdrawal of care in the moment of the child's need is what imprints that into the cellular structures of the body for which the mind does not remember, but the body will. So when all of this comes out, this is why I'm saying you can't look at this ideologically when you look at all the cognitive dissonance that's out there, it's like you have to meet people like you are the person that can bring something else to their life. If you're really, truly there, I'm yeah. talking about there for you and there for other people. You're the one that can that can show them that there's something else. There's another choice out there. There's something, another potential that exists so that they don't have to feel as though they are helpless and therefore need permission from somebody to tell them what to do. That codependency is a big one. And AI is going to play a major role in this going forward. We can get into that. Sure. I mean, really like what this is hearkening back to is like, you know, deep, deep, deep abandonment wounds. Betrayals, the big time betrayals, um, separation anxiety. Um, I mean, you look at mental health issues that are just being diagnosed and, and, and looked at today, the explosions of, we don't have to go through all the disorders. The whole purpose of that, though, is that all of that was underneath the surface before now. Yeah. It was just exploded. It was, this is the awakening from the dark side that they are playing on us because it's going to take everybody back to what they know. That's the great reset part of it. Yeah. It takes <laughs> everybody back to a tribal mentality and going back into their own clan and cult. Some that are going to be very dangerous and other ones that are going to be, you know, fortified. Yeah. But it, but it's all going to be about creating your own reality with the people that you are living in alignment with. Yeah. So I guess to surmise, correct me if I'm wrong, but what you're saying is that I guess the COVID era forced everyone's deep childhood wounds and traumas to the surface and some people are going to take that and walk an authentic path of healing and trying to understand and flesh out those wounds mm -hmm. and others are going to refuse to feel that and buy more into the numbing the escapism the ai and shut it out completely yes as a polarity mm -hmm but not absolute values. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is, can I expand on this a little bit? Yes, you can. Yeah. Okay. So your true authentic self, if you play it in duality, you have the Luciferian true self, and then you have the divine higher true self, right? Um, 
in Luciferianism, it's rooted in knowledge. In divinity, it's in the heart. The heart precedes the mind of thought. We have, as children, we have our drives in us, born loving, not with thought, but being. being The being being the joy of being alive, the breath of God that is flowing through you, the pulse of your mother in the womb that flows through you, the harmonizing, the synchronicities of the body, like what you're talking about. Um, People's drives to be loved should not be underestimated in this time. Loved and validated. What is it to be loved? That's a very good question. To be loved only requires one person, one other human being that sees you and knows you better than anybody else. That is for certain. So when there are two together in love, then there is no more need or want anywhere else. So it's, it's, there is no lacking. There is no need. There is no, when I say there is no compromise, there is no concession on, um, like you do it for the other partner because they need you. You shoulder the burden with them, not because they are the burden, but because the burdens of life are your burden. Their burdens are your burdens. The, the deepest love that you have is where that person, you see who that person truly is and what's holding them back. And they're able to receive and give as you are able to receive and give. It's a, it's, there is no deal making going on. Like if you do this then I'll do this Mm -mm. because you are love of yourself. It's like selfless acts. That's the best way I could describe it. It's just you're, you're selfless from not like from this pious positions going, Oh, against my own anger against my own frustration. Not that I'm secretly, you know, like just, I'm letting it out. I'm saying it, but I'm doing it because I want to do it for that person. Like in really knowing why you're doing it, not because you're wanting them to come back at you and see you a certain way. See, I had to learn this the hard way. People seeing me online and in these podcasts, they didn't know how I'd arrived where I'm at. And that's not their fault and that's not their job, but they don't really know me in real life. They didn't know what it took to get here. And um, I didn't understand celebrity (laughs) on social. I just never see myself. You know, it's like some of it's like ignorance. You don't see yourself this way. And then you get three or four stalkers and you're like, oh, shit, you know, okay. (laughs) There's there's a, there's a entourage of groupies outside Erasmus's house right now. Yeah. Yeah. but but no, but see, I don't, but the, see, the thing is, is that we think we know ourselves from, from these moments, like we're just popping in here. And that's not to say I don't trust you or I, I judge you all like, you know, wow, I'm skeptical of, you know, who you are. But, but it's like, you don't live with that person 24 mm-hmm. seven. Yeah. But when you do, which I, this is part of the reason why I've changed a lot is because I did find love in this time and it found me. And I had to realize what my real value was, whereas before I diminished my own value because these were voices inside. These were voices from other people that had become, I thought, were my voice 
but they were their voices and they came into me because I didn't understand who I was. And I was also programmable because I was abused as a child. I had a lack of love and I had this little tiny um, faith of a mustard seed, this all my life, I held on to this crumb to be alive and to feel love and to want to be loved. So when we're talking about all this going back to cults and why you shouldn't underestimate people's desire to be loved and validated, anybody who's having to, and I, I know I'm going to get, well, I'm not trying to draw pushback on this, but anybody who's going out and trying to teach things right now to anybody and defining what things are as they are themselves discovering it is dangerous and not because they're ill-intentioned. They're trying to find their own answer in that equation with other people. And they need that in order for it to be real to them. Consensus. Um, agreement. Uh, because the truth is, is <laughs> we're in a time where it's being foisted upon us to define who we are. And nobody knows who we are. Really, nobody knows who they really are. The fullness and the depth of you is not possible to, it can't, it's not possible to give the depth and understanding of your entire existence to another person in words. It's impossible. And therefore, they can't be, they can't also gain that knowledge and that wisdom by your definitions. It's a game of telephone. It's a game, it's the paradox that we're caught in of words. You know, the, the greatest masters that I ever heard from, they, uh, and I don't, I, don't, I don't quote and read masters and stuff. I mean, there's people I would say, oh yeah, I've read that person. I listened to what they said. And it's all almost universally true, everything that they say. So it's not like, oh, well, they quoted this one versus this one. Um, they would have a contest, if you will, an exercise in defining reality in the fewest number of words. The Zen masters, they would get up and some of them wouldn't even say a word. They would just do a pose that would communicate the fullness of reality. That was the game. The game was to do it in the least amount of words. Um, and everyone has a right to do whatever they want. But I mean, I've seen the spiritual cults coming <laughs> for years now and they are you, the, the, the whole thing about why they would bring back Waco and remind everybody now is because the government will be going after. And there are people like I know somebody right now who I won't get into details because there's a lot of stuff involved with this. But uh, there was a guy who <laughs> I met actually through a Zoom and I saw him have a sweet and innocent face. And there was a little weird kind of off a little bit about his behavior, but nothing. come to find out a year later, that guy who started a sustainable community in a state on Native American land, has been doing meth, claiming that he is the second coming of Jesus, having a harem of women and sexual exploits with women who are married and getting them away from their husbands and them leaving their husbands and extorting all of them for tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that person's probably going to be arrested fairly soon. Um, but it just goes to show you, it's like, 
<laughs> I, I, I want to say this to everybody. What if you were Jesus Christ and you just didn't realize it? And if that's everybody, then you're then you're set. Then there's no distinction. <laughs> then we don't need anybody to tell us, come here, join me, come to my way. This is the way to do things as I learn, because the moment that anything wrong happens, guess what? I'm running for the hills and you all deal with it. That's that's where you're going to find these people, these types, and they won't always be the same. There's some real there's some real monsters out there that unaware of what they're doing in it's collectivism, yes. man. It's collectivism. Yeah, I, it, it literally is sacrificing the individual to the person who has the most influence within the collective, whether it's a cult leader, whether it's a politician, whether it's a, a father or a mother. And it's like, I think the solution is guiding back people to that individual truth. And yes. fi- they need to figure out for themselves. Yes. You know, yes. No, 100%. See, with what, AI... See, this, is, this is the thing. Yeah, like, yeah. You, can't show, you can't show someone who they are. You can't show someone the fullness... No, of their being okay. No, but you can begin to chip away at what they're not. You can show them what they're not. You can show them what isn't true. You can show them what isn't real. You can show them all the ways in which they've potentially been conditioned and programmed to keep them mm-hmm. apart from accessing any any semblance of what that is. Yes, I mean we're just we're we're going to be dealing in a world where I mean on the polarities like what you were talking about. Mm. Because I know I kind of go into tangents, but I'm, it's all kind of related in a way. Um, so where I always look at these things is how people can identify themselves as being awake, but being asleep. And uh, or being a slave, but being awake. Right. I mean, it, it's just what I mean by this is, uh, OK, let me let me be more clear and specific. AI is going to offer millionaires and billionaires and anybody who wants to play that game to automate their entire lives for them. So you want to talk about codependency to to live? Now, that person who does that is not going to say that they're codependent. No. So by their definition, they're not codependent. You, in fact, are because you, you want to be like them, according to them, right? You just want what I have. You don't really want, you're not really trying to tell me that I'm like, you just want to tell me I'm wrong so that I can somehow give you some, like there's some guilt that I have to give you like this opportunity. But when you can automate your life and have more leisure time and control things at such a faster clip in your own world, that's where people will think of themselves, whatever the hell they want, really. And, um, and what, I guess what I get at is when you get into AI and you look at this generation of children and I've looked at it pretty deeply and it's very troubling what we're, what we're doing to them uh, right now, not just with the transgender uh, issue. That's nothing compared to what's coming after this. Yeah. And um, again, it's, it's what some people are doing to them, you know? Right. Right. It's not the whole thing. It's just yeah. a part of many things that it is. It's not that thing over there. Yeah. That's just the extreme. That's the most. But what I'm talking about is children who will not trust parents or authorities will go to AI because it'll be mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? And 100%. it will be the non-judgmental parent and the yeah. non-judgmental authority that will give them everything they want. 100%. I want to read to you a quote, which you posted yourself. And I want to extrapolate this a bit. 
mm-hmm. by Alice Miller, the great childhood psychologist. She says, the truth about our childhood is stored up in our body. And although we can repress it, we can never alter it. Our intellect can be deceived, our feelings manipulated, and conceptions confused, and our body tricked with medication. For someday our body will present its bill. For it is as incorruptible as a child who, still whole in spirit, will accept no compromises or excuses, and it will not stop tormenting us until we stop evading the truth. Mm-hmm. What, does that, what does that mean to you? Well, evading the truth. So there's the truth of knowledge. And then there's the emotional reality of what that means to you. So when I heard the truth about my mother and father, there was the knowledge of it. But then there was the years that I processed the emotional reality of it too. When she's saying that it will not evade us, it means that the body, not the mind, is where the memory is stored. And I can give you one example, not you all, but to the people who are watching and listening. In in disassociation, you have in childhood, you have fight or flight. And fight or flight is not a thought form concept. It's just, it's it's instinctive, automatic. Your body goes into that to do all sorts of fun stuff. But when you come out of it is when you have your emotions to deal with. And when they're defined for you as a child, what that emotion means, meaning your pain, you only wanted love in the beginning. And if love was defined as pain for you, then pain is what you felt and experienced on a deeply wounding level. And what I was saying earlier, this all ties into it. During this time where there's no uh, hope in people, when people are losing hope in things, other beliefs are disintegrating. Um, that's an eternal state. Like a child when they're in trauma, doesn't we have the adult brain, right? To know that there's a finite reality to almost everything we've been through because of our experience, but the child doesn't know that. So the child's experience in its eternity is joy. And when you come in and you define their joy as pain, and then you blame them for it, and you leave them on the emotional hook for what displeasing behavior they gave you, you are sensing that child to an identity for which they will always have in their heart. They will be sacrificing some part of themselves to, fi- to make up for where that love should have been. And they may go outside of themselves first to do that with somebody who could damage them equally as much because they don't realize that they're looking right at people who see them as a meal. What she's saying at the body level is what disease is. So these things that are stored up inside of your body for years are toxins. I think you guys have had this kind of conversation before with um, Irene Lyons and and others I'm sure you've had on about the body and the cellular, you know, uh, processes, right, with trauma. Yep. So she's basically, uh, Alice Miller is saying that this bill will come due someday, that it cannot be ignored. In You can in the mind. You can trick yourself. But that this thing here is just as valuable as this thing here. In fact, actually more. Yeah. I asked you before, like, um, how would you define to be loved? And it kind of just occurred to me, 
safety in truth. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a great that's a great encapsulation of love, safety and truth, and being able and I, I've experienced that being able to express your worst feelings and thoughts with somebody who's not judging you. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm. I'm a fairly open individual. I believe that humility is the common denominator in this time. It doesn't mean that you have to do what I do, talk about your childhood the way that I have, or but humility is is the anecdote to all of this. And when you have um like when you have allowed yourself to say things that you've never that you've always thought but never said to anybody else because you know that 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 person would have you know, if you said it to your best friend or even your parent, they would have certain questions like, what the hell is that? Or why do you feel that way? And being able to authentically explore that with somebody who understands that that wasn't you, that that's not who you are, and be able to um, show you what real care is and what real love is on a level that is like, like saintly meaning things I've said and done that have hurt her in losing my temper, um, not honoring her opinion or her truth. So the willingness to get up every day and come back to that person and go, okay, we get another day to get it right. We get another day to try again. That's that's beautiful to me because it says that there is a chance of something else that exists that is beyond what I've known before. And that's really where faith comes in is to not know. Like it's it's knowing that other potentials exist, but not being able to see them yet and yet believing they're possible. And when you believe things are possible, like she told me, uh, reality changes for you. Well, I think there's just needs to be a certain level of acceptance within partnership and seeing another person and realizing that we have the capabilities for good and we have the capabilities for evil and to do evil thoughts. And I mean, that's just a huge piece, first on the individual level, but then in the relational level, when, when you do get triggered and these childhood wounds are brought up, like how do you take responsibility for the things that you said, the things you've done, and for another person to understand that they have those capacities as well. I mean, we're social beings. We're relational beings. We learn from one another. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where we're repressed, very often we attract people into our life that are holding those qualities that we repress. And then they might be fun and, and magnetic in the beginning. And then after a while, we're judging the person. And then the relationship f- falls apart as opposed to like, wow, there's a gift that this person has for me to to allow me to become more whole. And I think yes. that's, I mean, we, we we contain multitudes. You know, we have many aspects of us. Yes, there might be this core divine truth but we 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 have the capability to experience and and do so much and say different things and the whole universe exists within us on some level and i think like there is a there's a there is a fracture that's within our psyche we can go back into like ancient traumas and other people have spoken more intelligently on that and so when we relate to people when we look out in the world and we judge can we look at that and go, wow, this judgment I have could be a teacher to me. I can learn something from this. What am I hiding? What is what is 
not there within me. And so I think like that's that gets lost too, because we're looking for a lot of people are looking for perfection instead of looking for wholeness. A hundred percent is correct on that. And this is where you see the divide in some people where they go and, and it's categorized as love and light, but it's not in those terms. It's being one-sided to the issue, right? That's basically what you're saying. It's like, I'm holding the line here. And anybody that crosses this one um, on my arbitrary measurement is, is, is no longer to be considered a friend. Now, I'm not talking about lying, okay? <laughs> but something that what you're talking about when you judge other people and their bad behavior and you see it as though it is opposite of you because it looks different. That's mm-hmm. what you're talking about. That feeling this is where, you know, people talk about, you know, that, that that you can't take anything personally that somebody does to you because it isn't personal to it's not you that they're doing that to. They are doing that to themselves. And that is an internal projection. This is what we all do, really. The things that we can't see ourselves in ourselves, we see in other people that disturb us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that you are exactly them. That's the part you're mentioning, right? Because we're going, I'm not that person. Hell no, I don't do that. I don't talk that way to people. That's rude, right? But if you were to say, well, okay, you don't have to agree with that person and what they're doing, but the emotions that it's stirring up in you, it's angering you in such a way that are there times where you have done exactly what they're doing. And the reason you're pissed off at them is because they're getting away with it and you didn't. Yeah, sure. On some level. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But even like just the simple act of let someone who someone who represses like their anger, you know, represses standing up for themselves. They'll look at someone who maybe presents in the world in, in a certain way and they'll be like, that person's so mean. That person's like a horrible person. When if they just took a homeopathic dose of that person, they might be able to tell their partner how they really feel. They might be able to leave the job that they've been at for 30 years. Right. They might be able to stand up for themselves and set a boundary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of attacking their ego, you're actually uh, acknowledging it. And then you're, then you're giving them the opportunity to express something beyond that ego. Right? This is where you can try to figure, and I don't suggest people run up to somebody that they know is dangerous to do this, but this is really where you can draw down narcissistic behaviors in people. Because you can get to the core issues where they do start to feel safe and they do start to feel like they have the ability to open up. But again, what you're talking about is you give them the opportunity, but you don't let them walk all over you either and say, oh, I'm just going to be a do-gooder to this really nasty, terrible person. But the truth is, is that if you come at it from a standpoint of care and you're trying You're not like trying to fix that person and correct that person, but you're trying to help that person see something that they're doing that's hurting themselves. And then you you have empathy at that point because you're going, I know the times that I've done this to myself as well in a different time and space where I've been in pain and I have been snapping at somebody or I have been egotistical and said, well, just who cares what you think, right? Something it's simple stuff but these are the things that if you want to talk about it in a relationship it's like reparenting in a way 
I don't know if that plugs into what yeah, you're. No, it does. It does to a certain degree. I hear you, man. I, I just think that like, instead of looking at people as enemies, we can look at people as teachers. Doesn't mean people don't do evil things. Doesn't mean we have to mm-hmm. accept them, but like, you know, our, we can get into why our personality develops, why in the way that it does, right. you know, there's so many theories, obviously there's traumas, there's our parents and our culture and astrology and human design and all this <laughs> stuff that can go into why we are the way we are. Right. But if we can integrate more of these lost aspects of ourselves, yes, you know, we ultimately that I think is the guide to being more compassionate because we go, wow, that potential exists within me. Or yes. maybe I did that at a point in my past, but I've evolved and grown beyond that. Yeah. As opposed to being completely blind to it within yourself and projecting yes. it onto the other person. Yes, 100%, because that is going to be a feature that you'll see in a lot of people in this time for different reasons. And if you're not contributing to that and you're abstaining from it, it's like, oh, you're the anomaly, right? And that people can look to and go, well, why, why don't you get on this whole case about it? It's like, well... It's not my life, but that's that person. That's what they've done. That's what they've chosen. I feel bad for them. I feel I wouldn't want to be in that situation, right? But there's really not a whole lot I can do other than just be here, be present, be creating whatever I can in my space. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important is, again, what am I creating? What am I doing? How am I learning? How am I growing? And through that process, impacting the people in my community. Yes. Yeah, because that's that's. That's your real universe right there. It's not what's going on over on the other side of the world, even though we all are connected. But yeah, if you're not manning your own fort, then worrying about the other problems that are out there are never going to materialize any good and most people were And most people worry about all these other things and go to all the protests and join the groups because they don't want to tend to their own garden. I have to agree. Yeah. I yeah. have to agree with that. On the whole... If it's, it, it could be a halfway house, but if you mm-hmm. stay there, yeah, really, really, you know, like we got to get, just got to get, we got to hit critical mass. Come on, everybody, let's go, go to work. Let's do our social media. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. And it's, it's, wake also- up, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I've been there, man. I mean, I've been there and we have these yeah. different aspects of us that come out in different situations, but again, awareness, self-awareness and having the ability to choose which aspects of ourselves serve us and yeah. serve by serving us we're serving others we're not doing it in this malicious sense how we go about doing that anyways joel you're about to say something yeah go ahead oh, i was gonna say the other reason is because you know as michael Tassarian talked about in our first episode with him you know they need to keep their enemy close because their identity the structure of their identity is actually formed by who they are in relationship to the enemy you know so throughout this period we've seen heaps of truthers and freedom fighters wake up but all of a sudden, their entire identity is reformed about who they're in opposition against. Mm-hmm. So who, who would they be without COVID? Who would they be without Fauci? Who would they be without Bill Gates? Who would they be without tyranny now? That is that is an excellent point about having to have a villain in mm-hmm. your story. When you have to have a villain in your story to make you the hero, oh, no. No, 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 no. Uh you, you guys, you guys have come, uh, I'm not like surprised, but you really understand the depth of this situation that we're in. And the thing that you said also, I want to bring this up about your enemies teaching you. I a hundred percent agree that with that, if you understand what that, the lesson of that is, 
because mm-hmm. that lesson is to realize that to me is that we all come from the same place and we all start, although on different footing, we're all pure and manifesting that God creation in the beginning. And that's where the opportunity to return to that is here in present, like to become back into the child of play and creation with an adult mind that parents that child, that inner child, that loves that inner child, because the world can't do that for it. You're the only person and the people that are the only ones that can reconcile that. And you can make that child that was silenced and muted by this world and by your reality, in a sense, free to create and explore and do amazing and wondrous things beyond anything that they could ever imagine and hand to you. That's the truth. You are the real intelligence. What are, what are some of your personal methods and practices to reconnect and with your inner child and bring him back into the fray? Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of work. A lot of times I do work out in nature. I'll go for long hikes. And um, sometimes I talk to myself quite a bit to sound a lot of this out. And the main purpose of that is to feel to say the words out loud, hear them, and also feel their emotional weight. Mm. Not in repetition, but um, just going with the free flow and form of it without trying to feel as though I'm weird about it. You know, just embrace your inner schizophrenia. I I don't know what to say, you know, like, I'm just saying that I think it's healthy to have a voice inside of you, whether it be out loud or in thoughts or in writing, I think, and not typing, not typing on a screen. In fact, I would try to get as much off that screen and and typing things up. I I believe in writing it out almost as if you're drawing. Um, That is the biggest one. The other is when I just need a day that, I mean, sometimes there have been a lot of times in the last eight, nine months where I just couldn't, I didn't want to do anything. Yeah, I wasn't motivated to do anything. And rather than force myself, I would make, you know, I'd go, okay, I'm going to at least try this. I'm going to at least write this one thing down or do this one thing, but then that's it. Or if I don't feel it and I need to take a nap, take a nap, even if it's in the middle of the day. I know this sounds nuts, but these are like... No, not at all, man. <laughs> no, no, man. Yeah. I mean, they sound simple. Yeah. I mean, they sound they sound like, oh, that's too good to be true. But it's like, yeah, I've done, okay, I've done work with sound. I've gone to float tanks. I've gotten massages, legitimate ones. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I try different therapies. I try different things so that I can, I mean, grounding on the, you know, the walking on the grass barefoot. Um, but... I don't do like meditative practices daily, like some people do. And I don't, I don't criticize that. I'm just saying, I believe it's a bridge to build up that muscle because living in the present moment, detaching yourself and reintegrating into something that's local to you, like a partner and a, and a house and uh, your own life is, is comes along in steps. And the truth is, is as you integrate these more into your daily kind of 
your routine or your rituals, if you will, in ways that you can do for weeks or wherever you can catch some time to give yourself some time away from everything, away from your phone. I mean, this thing, I, I'm pretty close to getting rid of, um, not to go back to an old, you know, but the, the being plugged into everything, um, the need for that and the reality of it is that it may take people like I think, well, it, it already is a, a phenomena, but it, it's an addiction for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the need to have that and the need to be reliant on technology to think for you. Um, I avoid those areas. I don't go messing around I, and not because I think it's all like just evil, but I don't go messing around with AI simply because the conversations I've had with it are enough for me to go, yeah, I don't need to get into this. Um, you just don't know what you're opening up and letting in. And less dependence on technology and more self-reliance, being in touch with the earth, uh, growing your own food, even if it's a tomato plant, even if it's a pepper, even if it's lettuce, even if it's a cucumber, whatever it is, learn to grow something, start something, play with your hands. Get your hands involved. Don't do everything up here or typing on a screen or touching a screen. Get your hands around objects that you can grasp. You, When you're a little child, you play with toys. <laughs> play with toys again. It's really important. It's fun. It can be. Remember the little movies that you create in your mind with your little G.I. Joes or your Transformers or whatever it was or dolls or it doesn't matter get your mind thinking like a child again and daydream yeah. and and make it, make it so that you at least have 20 hours or 20 minutes a day to daydream. It doesn't even matter. Um, don't look at this at night. It's going to screw you up for the next day. And every day after that, because it's rewiring your subconscious mind at night, um, find, find a higher power that one that is unconditionally loving, I call it God, uh, Yeshua, Jesus. Um, there's power in all of those. Yeshua and Jesus, there's power in that name. Um, I've had my own experiences. I don't tell people what to believe, um, but I would tell people who are desperate that in your most desperate hour to call in for help if you get to if it, if it requires you to get to that point. Yeah, I hear I hear what you're saying, and you brought up a word that I think is so important. And that people have gone away from for because a lot of reasons for their conditioning is play. Like, how do you get that sense of wonder? How do you get that play? And one of my favorite quotes of all time that I've, sh- I've shared for a while is, um, you know, we don't we don't um, stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing by George, I think it's George Bernard Shaw. And it's like, how do we how do we bring that sense of play back into us? And even based on what you're saying earlier is that because I think things can get very black and white is that these things are tools. And ultimately, how like does the tool take advantage, like take control of us or do we use it when we need to use it? You know, like I try my best to be off of technology. And at the same time, my work and my business requires me to be on technology. And so there will be those moments that I'm on my phone late. And yet, do I do it when I need it and not do it all the time where it takes control of me? Or do I do it and then judge myself and have shame about it? You know, this is where having like psychic hygiene and knowing yourself and realizing, like, how can I use these tools at my disposal? How can I do things consciously as opposed to unconsciously? And just from this place of 
you know, reactivity. And, you know, that's the dance of being yeah. human. Absolutely correct. Um, Joel, do you want to say something too? No. No. Good. No, I want to add something too to go back to what we said about the inner child too. And in a relationship is that codependency is when unconsciously your inner child jumps into the other person's lap and you're like, I don't need to nurture my own inner child anymore. This other person's going to do it for me and vice versa. But consciousness is yeah. being like, Hey buddy, I got you no matter what I'm here for you. I love you. Even just looking, you know, looking down here and imagining yourself, hugging yourself and go, Hey, I got you. Yeah. You know, like, like, I know, I know this is painful. This person left our life. Like I, I know it's painful, but I'm here for you always. And this is where this inner dialogue needs to happen and understanding the depth and nuance within us. hundred percent. We're, we're, we're beings that like you said earlier, we're social. We, we have familiar, we have bonds, we have traditions, we have ancestral bloodline, not just DNA traumas, but passed down um, abilities, if you will. Can I read something real quick here? I just want to share what I'm talking yeah, about. Sure, sure. Okay. So this, this right here is my family coat of arms. Okay. And on the back of this, there's an origin story. I'll read it really quickly, but it it's one of the things that you go, that's kind of crazy. So the ancient family of rice came from Wales, claiming to be descended from the ancient Celts. The early Celts found refuge from the invading Saxons and Danes during the 5th century in the mountain districts. Their customs and language are still honored today. The name of rice is angelicalized version of the Welsh name, Welsh name Rise. The earliest history records a Thomas Rice of Carmethian. He was an active supported, a supporter of Henry Tudor, who became Henry VII in 1485. William Rice settled in the Shire of Buckingham in 1555. His grandson, Edmund Rice, immigrated to Massachusetts in 18, or 1638. One of his descendants, Amos Rice, was one of the Minutemen and was, was a caption during the Revolutionary War. Descendants of the Rice family can be found throughout our country, prominent in the arts and professions, as well as the world of business. Are, are you part of the Illuminati, bro? <laughs> well, so here's what I will tell you that I'm not certain. I believe this is a movie that we're living in, and I don't mean it in... I mean it in all ways. It's it's for us to remember who we are. And um, I've had many doors that I went down. Um, one of which, when I was in college, I had this idea to join the Freemasons. <laughs> and it was just appealing to me because, I don't know, it was about, you know, the way it was described and everything. Um, I feel that we're remembering different parts of our pasts. I don't try to get into this about past lives and all that, but I remember like what I'm saying is the honoring of all ancestors and all that they stood for and lived for and bringing that back. The 60s hippies that wanted peace, love and understanding might get a second shot at this. So if I'm here because of all that came before me in that coat of arms and that crest and that family history, I am the reason they all existed. I am the reason today that they all existed. I'm the one who made it this far. And I shouldn't be here. From my own standpoint, when I measure my life, 
in relation to other people who had similar backgrounds, could have gone down similar. Like my faith, I don't declare my faith anything over anyone, but like my belief in God and Jesus as having shown up in key moments of my life that could not be understood um, is why I, I, I believe that it's this, this whole thing is about something so much deeper from your ancestors. Uh, my family, I believe was in Freemasonry. I'm pretty sure. Um, and I don't know about Illuminati, but I definitely know that, that the people in Hollywood know me. I was born on nine 11. And, um, obviously when I did that video, I opened myself up spiritually to a lot of things that I can't really even describe, um, Uh in words, but I can tell you that there's a power here and we're, we're with it. It's, um, what I'm saying is that everything that you were and where you came from and all that came before you is real. And you can bring all of that back here now and this time um, for all those who who have died and gone before you and that their sacrifice was not in vain and that, yes, they passed the buck along to you in such a way that you're now here to do this work in this time. And you're like, Jesus, wow, did I come in for the, the job of the, you know, the century? I'm not talking about me personally. I'm just saying any one of us could say that. It's like... <laughs> Everybody who came before me is putting all this good work and effort into me being here for this time. For what reason? So that I can be a witness to something. So that I could hold something up and say, I don't know why I'm here, but I am. And therefore, I can do something. And I can leave something behind. And I can bring all of that greatness back. Because I've always been in that. I've been in the arts. I've been in the... I mean, like it's like the story writes itself. And and it really is funny how it's not funny. It's actually there's scientific evidence behind it. It's science. But there's evidence to show that, yes, in fact, all that you're born in DNA blueprint uh, that you come in here with is all the previous generations, at least the last five and up to 14 that are in you. So all is within you. And if you look at it as the, I guess my statement would be, the last conspiracy theory to uh to uncover the last rabbit hole to go down is the one within you yeah that's really what it's all about and however it ends or turns out or what happens to the world i can't worry about that but i will care for it until i'm gone and that that in and of itself is is where i think uh most of us try to move towards god in that sense to be to understand that God is so beyond our own understanding, yet it's eternally true what it is, is it is a world without end. And we are temporal in form. I will tell you that the darkness that's here wants to be like us. It will never admit that. But we are immortal. We're eternal. We have a soul. We come from somewhere else. And that isn't a theory, but I'll just say that will be debated as to what that is and how and why and where we come from and all that. But who you are and the depths that you can explore within yourself are the greatest story ever told. 
um, that you will ever embark upon that will be both your inner and outer world. And the, I guess the surrendering to that and being humbled by it in the awe that it is, that it's so not what we think it is. It's so beyond our mind of thoughts, but it is in our hearts where all of us are connected in a sense, because that is where the transcendence of suffering comes from. It's like to see is to feel. And then you can see beyond what you could only see before that, that which you were blocked from. And that that is like where grace comes in the most, I guess, the most <laughs> unexpected moments to teach you and to show you that there is a purpose to your life and all that you have struggled through to get here. There is still work. There's still there's still more story to be told in your life and 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 the ones the children and the, your children's children that will come the wise man plants the tree whose shade he will never enjoy and that's kind of my philosophy on it these days anyway i kind of took your answer and then went with it a little bit further but no man thank you i think this is such a great place to to end our conversation today um just appreciate you man appreciate everything you do in the world and and just the wisdom that you share and your presence you know i think that's the thing that's uh, really impactful I mean, your presence and uh, obviously you have a strong mind but also coming from the heart as well is is um yeah it's beautiful beautiful i to appreciate you and i'm so glad to know you're out there and that people are continuing to get to know you and more guests are coming and you're getting some I'll I'll be like way over here, like farming, you know, by the time it's like, oh, my God, everybody is going to hear for truth. It's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. We, yeah. that's, that's what we're here for. We want to have these great conversations. We want people's like, you know, not only their minds to be open, but their hearts to be opened as well mm -hmm. and to continue on this journey of self-discovery. And, and figure out, hey, like, what's my role in, in my life and in the world? How can I give my gift? Um, so it's exciting, man. Um, I guess last thing is like, can how can people support you or, or be, get into the things that you're doing? Sure. Um, so I have, uh, so I'm not doing the film stuff now. So if you wanted to um, reach me, I guess the best way is to find me on Instagram at no restrictions. Uh, or on Twitter. Uh, those are the two places I, I would recommend you messaging me. Instagram's a little bit easier for me to find a message there, um, but I'd appreciate that. And then um, supporting me, I tell you what, the one thing I want everybody to go do is look up the United People Foundation Declaration of Peace. It's in every language around the world. Just read it. And if you feel moved, sign it and share it with somebody. If you want to open up a bank account there. You need 20 bucks, $10 for the platform for the year, pays for the platform. That's your only banking fee. Um, or become a shareholder for 105 euros. But the, the real thing is all about, we have to think about other ways to get outside and do all the things that we know can be done. And it's just about starting somewhere. And it's not going to be one thing or the other. It's going to be many things. You're a mirror. You're a mirror to a whole world of mirrors. If you hold your mirror up and other people start to reflect your mirror, they're going to do amazing things as well. So thank you both for having me on. And I appreciate this time and this opportunity. And 
can't wait to see what you all are going to do in the next year. John, it's an honor and a pleasure as always, as always man. Thank you so much for making the time for us. Um, yep. Appreciate you. To everyone listening, so much love for you all as well. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Smoke and mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in a the time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms, because they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean. Fast forward in evolution to a place where we can share our confusions. Yeah, 450 BC, I'm sharing tea with confusion.